Craft Beer Radio Saver Wrap-Up, May 20th, 2008. Hey, Greg and Jeff here. We just got back from Saver, well, a couple days ago, and we're here to give you our thoughts. What are you drinking, Jeff? I um, was drinking, actually, I finished it already. I was drinking a Surly Bitter Brewer, brand new beer from Surly Brewing that they sent to us. Interesting. I'm drinking my, what is my new go-to beer, Two Hearted Ale from Bell's. It's just pretty much the perfect beer for me, just for go-to stuff. I'm drinking it out of my little Saver glass. It's a nice little uh, cute uh, glass they gave us. All right, so as you can probably tell, we're recording from two different locations using Ventrilo. We, uh, Greg got a new microphone, so it should sound a lot better, and I'm recording it with a different piece of software, and it seems like the results will be better than last time. Let's hope. And we're doing this because, well, driving all the way out to Jess for a 20-minute show doesn't seem like a great idea. But, so, Saver, I think we both had a great time. Yeah, I agree. Saver was a blast. We worked all three sessions. It was a lot of hard work. But we also had a lot of fun, got a lot of great content, we're getting some feedback on the salons that have been posted for, for what has it been, a day now. And I'm going to start working on the interviews here and probably post two interviews a day until they're all up. Sounds good. we got a lot of interviews. I think some are better than others, but you'll be able to tell us which ones are better than others, better than we will, because of our judgment. I told Julia, Julia Hers, who, who ran the event, uh, our friend from the Brew Association, that this is the best beer event I've ever been to, and I absolutely mean it. It was, it, it was knock your socks off great. I mean, I had, I, and you listened to in the interview, I had a few concerns, maybe we can go over them again, a few concerns about how they do it next year, but it was really a really great event. Yeah, let's start off by recapping exactly what Saver was and uh, our brief impressions on how they delivered on that goal. Saver is not supposed to be a beer fest. Saver was supposed to be a reception to introduce pairing good food and good beer to normal people or i should say semi-normal people because the 85 dollar price tag does kind of keep some of the people off out who you know think beer is fizzy yellow water right i mean it, it, people who are going to this know about beer because otherwise you wouldn't pay 85 dollars for it uh, and they know they're going to get some great food. And that was the whole idea going in is to, uh, is to savor uh-huh, the delight uh, that comes when you join Beer with Food. Now, were they successful at that? I think overall they were successful. The food was of a pretty high quality. A couple of the dishes, like those mini burgers, I, I just didn't think they were done very well. Like the patties seemed like they came out of a high school I like cafe. those. I they had they had a good spice to them, but the texture of the burger just I couldn't get past high school hamburger from the cafeteria. Well, you can't like everything, I guess. Uh, there was some really good food there, uh, and some of the pairings were absolutely excellent, and some of the pairings were just kind of ordinary. And when from what we learned about how they got to the pairings, it kind of makes sense. There was a menu that every brewery had to pick from. I mean, it was a, seemed like a pretty large menu. I mean, maybe 20 to th- probably 30 things on it, I would guess, not having seen it. So you had a decent selection, but there was a fair amount of repeats around the room, which, while not horrible, it seemed to be one of the things that is room for improvement on next time, I would say. It also means that the brewers really didn't get a chance to actually match their beers with the food 
until they got to savor. They just kind of assumed and went along with guidelines of what was what were the ingredients and what they were told it would taste like and what beers would go along with that. But they never they didn't actually get to bring their own food to debut with the beer, and they didn't actually get to taste all these selections with their beers to figure out which works best with them. So it was kind of a kind of a luck of a draw thing. Yeah, I agree. If they could bring their own food with their own chefs, that would be tremendous. But I can also appreciate how impossible the logistics of something like that would be. I think a better way to do it, I mean, this was such a successful event. Like I say, I mean, a- any criticisms we're giving of it are wholly in in light of the fact that we, that I mean, at least I, I don't know if you think that, Jeff, but I think it's, it's the best beer event I've ever been to by far. I would have to say it is the best beer event. I mean, it's hard to compare to the Great American Beer Fest. They're almost different things. But in terms of what you get at a small-scale beer festival, one that doesn't have 700 breweries, it's by far head and shoulders above any of the other ones I've been to. And I'm sure people would have gotten you know their money's worth out of it uh, in most cases. And we'll talk about cases that that wasn't the case necessarily a little bit later. But... The, the thing I think that we both felt was that food wasn't quite as highlighted as it should have been. Yeah, it was pretty much a beer festival with the food beside the beer that you grab after you get a glass of beer. I'm not sure exactly how I would improve it without having a sit-down dinner, which again changes the entire event completely. I don't know, like I said, I don't have any good ideas for improving that. I think if someone comes up with something innovative, there could be some room for improvement there as well. I mean, one of the great things was that all the brewers were there, almost. Almost all the actual brewers and owners of the breweries were there. It was really fantastic. You don't get that anywhere else. And so that was great, and that was really great for A, us to get interviews, and B, for just anybody who was there could just talk to all these you know, rock stars in the brewing world. Tommy Arthur was there, Garrett Oliver was there, Sam Caligione was there. It was funny, at the very beginning of Saver, um, not sure if Greg didn't res- recognize Greg Cook, or if he just didn't see Greg Cook, but we're standing at this table, and Greg says something like, hey, let's go talk to Stone. And meanwhile, like Greg Cook's like four feet away from us. I'm like, oh, you mean this guy right here? It was kind of funny. It was just I didn't recognize him, but yes, it's... Uh, I mean, that, that was what it was like. I mean, there were just these guys who were running, you know, these rock stars in the brewing world are just walking around with us, and everybody else who was there. So my suggestion... Uh, to Julia, I think in the inter- in uh, our post interview with her, I think I suggested bring some chefs along next time. Really, really get into the food, and also I think that we we both were disappointed by the fact that the food kind of only lasted about halfway through each session. They didn't really prepare enough food. They know that the food was a little bit short. They were working on improving that, and for next time they'll have a better equation to figure out how much food they need to make it last. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, you know, the, the sessions themselves only lasted four hours, and the salons each were an hour apiece. And really, if you went to both salons, you probably wouldn't get enough time to really explore all the brewers if you went to only one session. So you really were limited to one salon if you wanted to really get both a salon and a fill. And there were people who didn't go to any of the salons. Absolutely. However, I did find going to all three sessions is just enough time to try just about every beer there. Yeah, it worked out great that we were able to be there for everything and just, you know, I was able to, and that was another great thing about it was these were, they, they were a combination of big, you know, super brewers, you got your Stone, you got Sam Adams, you got Rogue, 
and these these tiny breweries, these little guys who just you know got this by a lottery and were there and were just making some spectacular stuff. I remember Four Peaks was there. They had some really uh, fantastic stuff there. A lot of really tiny, great breweries that no one in the D.C. area, and certainly I, had never had a chance to try. Yeah, that was one of the coolest parts was the lottery system, which allowed small breweries to really get some distinct attention. They can all go to the Great American Beer Fest, but they're 1 in 700. Here they were 1 in 40. And it was really cool talking to some small, some of these small brewers. They were pretty excited about getting the drawing. On the other hand, it would I think I can't get past this. I talked. Charlie said it's the luck of the draw, and sometimes you can do without a brewery like Russian River because someone else will take their place. I just can't get past the feeling that you're going to one of these National Brewers Association events. You're not from Northern California. You just want to try a sip of one Russian River, and. They're excluded from the thing. It's, I understand how it's fair. It just seems like there's one part of me still wanting that thinks that Lost Abbey and Russian River need to be at these national events so the average beer enthusiast can try them because you know they want to. And let's make it clear, they both were there. And, you know, we kind of we kind of kidded Julia about, well, did you maybe sort of let these guys in just for that circumstance? But she said, no, it was a lottery. And... You know, there were some big breweries that were left out. One thing I could think of is, you know, Bell's. Bell's was left out. And some of the salons were great. I think that Garrett Oliver's salon was fantastic. I really do think that the uh, the introduction to beer and food by Randy Mosier with uh, with Jim Cook and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, the guy from the Iron Hill Brewery who was really good, too, was a great session. It was Randy Miller from Free State Brewing, I think. Okay, yeah, that, that, was, that was great. And I think you really liked the... Um, the, the last one you went to. The um, cross-drinking without social stigma was was decent. Um, I listened to the introduction to beer and food, the one you just talked about yesterday when I was cutting the grass, and that was really informative. Jim Cook gets a little nervous when he first starts speaking, and it's just all um, uh, uh, um, uh. But after he starts talking for about 10 minutes, he, he really gets a little more confident, and he puts on some puts on some really good content in his talks. Yeah, and he's he actually you know a pretty funny guy, and he he had the crowd with him. Not only that, but I mean he taught he there was that analogy of uh, burnt paper, which I had never heard before uh, for, for that astringent taste in porters, and it was the perfect analogy. And I talked to Randy Moser about it later. And he said, "Yeah, I had never heard that analogy either, and it's just a great analogy." Yeah, that was certainly fascinating. And we got to interview Randy Mosher at the VIP session, and I think that's going to be one of the good interviews. There was some good content in there. Um, Greg was actually confronted with a misconception of his by Randy. It was kind of funny. Which one was that? That was where you thought beer was traditionally just a way to keep water fresh, and he kind of shot you down real oh, quick. Oh, right. That's true. That's true. I always love to be, you know, I love that I was schooled there. I love that it, you know, totally changed my perception uh, that... And I, you know, I recommend everybody listen to that interview and some of the other interviews you did. But I mean, that was like, wow! That that was just a revelation to me, and it really changed it changed the way I looked at the past, the history of brewing. Certainly, me too. I think that's one of the more informational and one of the don't miss interviews we're putting out. Now, some of the sessions weren't as good. I think we both agree that the uh, the least successful session was the one with Dave Lieberman. Yeah, he he wasn't speaking to the right audience. He was speaking to uh, probably wine people or just foodies who don't think about beer at all. His bean dip was excellent, but he did say something. He said he asked the crowd if anybody had ever 
had a Hefeweizen. I mean, you're asking a crowd to pay $85 to get into what is ostensibly a, a beer and food event who probably know at least a little bit about beer and have tried a Hefeweizen before. He should have known more and he should have researched more when going into this. And he kind of, and also it was disorganized session and they had the beers out of order and it was kind of confusing. Now, you'll also see it was the shortest of the sessions. Absolutely. The other sessions, I haven't listened to the He Said Beer, She Said Wine one yet, but all the other ones, I think, were really well done. Good informational sessions. He Said Beer, She Said Wine was clearly kind of going off a script. They kind of had this little act they do, and you said you've seen it before, so if you've seen it before, you've probably seen it again. It's actually the only one I think that had uh, some explicit dialogue in it, because Sam is that kind of guy. Well, where it, the, the place it was held was fantastic. It was such a beautiful auditorium. Uh, that kind of contributed, I'm sure, to some of the cost, but it was still a fantastic place to have a beer and food festival. Absolutely. It was a beautiful place. The catering was a top-notch caterer. I mean, all those things were expensive, so it definitely explains the cost. All the brewers donated the beer and, you know, had to pay their own expenses to get there, so it's not like the brewers are making money on this thing. It's it's all for promoting for promoting the industry is the main main focus of an event like this. I would say that the event was really I mean even for the slight criticisms we have the event was a resounding success. I think uh they I'm sure that they're looking forward to doing it next year. If you get a chance, try to go to this cuz this was really fantastic. Yeah, certainly they're going to have some of the kinks worked out for next year. There won't be any food shortages. Might have some more urinals to go to or something, who knows. And, uh, yeah, they said they probably, they want to have it in DC again next year. At least that's what the, Julia said the attendees wanted to have it again in DC. If that's so, uh, we'll probably be there again next year. What do you think? I can only hope, uh, cause it was just such a great time. And also, we want to say thank you to all the fans who came up to us during the sessions. That was great that you guys came up and, uh, said hello to us and we had good talks with you guys and, Good thing you brought this up, Greg, because I was really surprised how recognized we were. I got, you know, two or three people probably, maybe four people at the Great American Beer Fest. But here, you know, we had almost a dozen people, you know, come up and say hi. And it was, I don't know, I was I was impressed and a little bit flattered that so many people recognized us. Definitely flattered. Uh, a bit kind of like weirded out, I think, both of us were because some people who came with those were a little starstruck and we were like you know how could you be starstruck around us because we're just us yes but we appreciate all the listeners and uh yeah try not to be starstruck if you meet us like we try to we try not to pretend we're anyone special and uh but we love meeting listeners and hanging out with listeners the uh, meetup at the brick skeller didn't go so well um we happened to run into one listener there who wasn't expecting to see us there and there was two other listeners there that um, wanted to meet up with us, and that's it. So still need to work at pulling off these big-time meetups like Beer Advocate does. <laughs> well, do you want to say anything about the Penguins? Good point. Thank you, Greg. So I don't have to put out a special message just for that. But uh, Penguins beat the Flyers. Brian Colasar's going... <laughs> yeah, Greg's a uh, token fake woohoo because he could really care less. Ryan Colasar is collecting all the Philly swag and spoils of war that were pledged if the Penguins beat the Flyers. And what we're going to try to do is instead of me sending out all this stuff to listeners, because I found out last time that cost a pretty penny and I really don't have the finances to do all that, we're going to have a. <laughs> Craft Beer Radio Pittsburgh meetup at Bocktown Beer 
we're going to try to schedule it so Brian can come out and hand deliver the stuff, and we'll share the beers, and then we'll, we'll you know raffle off, give away all the swag items. So that's the plan. Stay tuned to the podcast or the website for details on the date of the uh, meetup at Bucktown. You should call on the Penguins see if they can get anybody to come over. See if they can get Crosby to come over. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be a little bit busy for the next couple weeks. Probably. So that's our wrap-up of Saber. We hope you enjoyed our coverage. We certainly enjoyed bringing it to you, and we had a great time there. And we have sincere thanks to everybody in the Brewers Association and everybody who gave us interviews and, and all our listeners. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, and we hope you enjoyed this Craft Beer Radio coverage of Saver. To find more, visit www.craftbeerradio.com slash Saver. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit www.craftbeerradio.com for more details.